0: welcome everybody to the dirty slides podcast coming to you from the Laz Lair. We back! Uh, on the east side of Venice Beach, California, Laz has his team of 14 landscapers working outside, so you may hear some blowing and some buzzing. Um, he's also got his specimen of a dog running around. The king has gotten bigger. Have we... We we have not gone into detail on the king.
1: Uh, is, is this ready? Are we ready I feel to like, do this? I, mean, I feel like the
0: court case is Court resolved. case is done. I don't know if we want to talk about the details of it, but uh, some people in the dirty sports realm have a little bit of insider knowledge, but let 's just put it this way King was acqu- I acquired King for you for a player to be named later yeah by a uh Venice Beach resident that did not know King was getting traded <laughs>
2: <laughs> well king I
0: mean, was King was uh I think we, we toiling we- away in somebody 's minors. Oh, deserved complete. to be a major leaguer. Oh, they were Deserved Vladdy. the attention of of big league fans. They were Vlad junioring him. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Somebody yeah. was keeping him Just keeping him down. Man. Keeping him down in the minors.
1: Yeah. And uh and the minors is a two hundred square foot apartment yeah. with uh no uh water or food. And for so we days. we
0: traded, we acquired him and uh you know, yeah. he got rule fived. Right.
1: Cash considerations.
0: Yeah, cash considerations. But not
1: many. Not yeah. much.
0: <laughs> and now King is the official Dirty Slides mascot. Yeah, basically. You can hear him in the background chewing through a human cranium. <laughs>
1: <laughs> King is a what? Uh, He's a hundred and... I don't know. I We we don't know. I The last time he got weighed was a month ago, and he was 90 pounds. When he got called up to 1111 Indiana, he was 82 pounds, and... December, January. Um, I think he's at least ninety five pounds. Yeah, his head's twenty five pounds. His head's twenty five pounds.
0: Yeah, you can hear him literally. (laughs) He's either chewing through the wall or he's uh, like dismembering a human body. Uh, What a fantastic dog named after LeBron James, King James, (laughs) which (laughs) which Which hurts my soul. Which is (laughs) it is kind of amazing in his in his stop. He he had to. He was he was basically in double A and then in, in transport he did a he did a triple A like rehab start just to make sure he was for sure ready for the bigs where he got where the uh, where the equipment director gave him the name King
1: exactly and
0: then you being a good dog owner you didn't want to mess with his you know no
1: it was a good was, vibe he, with King. he was hitting well you didn't want to change yeah, his no. number yeah I didn't want, I'm not changing. but he
0: is named after King James. Which is amazing,
1: is that right? Well, yeah, that hurts me a little bit. But the, um, the, his temporary owner, honestly, honestly, if you're the one who acquired him for a player to be named later, you can absolutely name him. Yeah, I you
0: didn't know? name him that. I didn't name him King James.
1: Oh, Brian did. Yeah,
0: because he big Cleveland, I mean, he's, he's big Cleveland, Cleveland guy. guy. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So respect. Um, he it, doesn't. It, he doesn't look like a Steph. He looks much more like a King. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's we, not he's not moody like
0: KD. We or Kyrie. will leave uh, because we're a baseball podcast. I yes. thought about it. I was like, we should come and I should get we should go right into Warriors Rockets. But I was like, no, we are a baseball are podcast. podcast. I'm going to. Make you talk baseball. Then we'll slide into the DMs. Sure. And then before we wrap this up, we'll we'll be able to get into Rockets Warriors.
1: Which is tonight, Game 6.
0: Game 6 tonight. Game 7 Sunday, if necessary. If necessary, three Game 7s and Game of Thrones Sunday. should
1: be the biggest battle yet.
0: Sunday is like... Sunday's everything. Sunday's Game 7 on Game of Thrones, too. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Game 7 of Thrones. Yes. That's what Sunday should be called. Yeah, Game the official 7 of Thrones. Game 7 of Thrones. <laughs> um, I'm hoping, obviously, I mean, I have my 12-1 to 1 Rockets bet. also, I've, mm-hmm. be, I've gone from being pre the Warriors dynasty to now being rooting against the thing that I predicted happening. But...
1: What, uh, is KD's
0: down? What's that? Because KD's down. No, just in general, like, you know, no one wants to see the Warriors win anymore, except for Warriors fans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but there was a time where they were the darling where everybody wanted to see them win.
1: Yeah, but I don't care about everybody. Yeah. Because everybody wasn't there for me when Corey Maggette was playing for the fucking Warriors. (laughs) So everybody can go fuck themselves. But their wants uh, and wishes. I don't care. But
0: even if I was rooting for the Warriors, like as a s as a if if I was a non Warriors fan but i was rooting for the warriors in this series for whatever reason i would still be rooting for a game seven sure because game seven of thrones on sunday needs to happen three Do you know
1: st- who i'm not rooting for on thrones by the way who's that Jon snow's fucking dead to me
0: because he didn't pet his dog goodbye
1: exactly <laughs> fuck you Jon snow apparently you're dead inside too i'm gonna have to steal Jon snow's
0: wolf <laughs> yeah. for a player to be named you can't later. Even
1: get, you like not only you don't pet him you don't, can't even give him a fucking bath. You can't even clean out the wound. He he lost an ear. Yeah. Right. You can't you can't wipe down the mud and the blood from this guy. Well, I, I mean, fuck I, you, John I, Snow. I guess
0: if we're gonna go completely for it out of the gate, if like I'm fine with talking Thrones before. Sure. I'm fine with talking Thrones before baseball. In fact, baseball. I
1: think it should be. And uh, remember, fuck John Snow. Fuck him.
0: Uh, okay. John Snow. Oh, up. okay. Yeah,
1: John Snow's up.
0: Fuck dog, the dog owner as known as Jon Snow. Yeah. Fuck the bastard, Jon Snow.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You, first of all, a couple weeks ago, you did Ponchos, a comedy show in yeah. Manhattan Beach on a Monday night, just over 24 hours removed from the end of it. And you spoiled Game of Thrones for anybody that was still there. And one guy was freaking out. Yeah. He's like, I like this guy. And now he's fucking me. And I was like, dude, it's a Monday evening at this point. Should have seen it. I right? go, I. Couldn't watch it live. Yeah. But I watched it when I got home last night at 2 a.m. Yeah. I was like, I was tired. And I admittedly fell asleep during some of the, like, going through the tunnels battle scenes right. where the screen was literally completely black. Yeah, exactly. And it was just sounds of fire. Yeah. Um, but I watched it. Yeah. Because you can't, at this point, and this is what I'll say as we continue to talk about it. If you're listening going like, are they going to spoil Game of Thrones? You either have to be up to date or you have to not give a shit about spoilers. I shut off the internet until I watched it at 2 a.m. Right.
1: This is where we're at. Right.
0: It's not like, don't tell me what happened in the Super Bowl. I DVR'd it.
1: Seriously. Seriously. Dude, it was a 24-hour rule. It was past 24 hours. Yeah. And it was one of the most, like, whatever you think about how they've done Game of Thrones, that last shot, of Arya getting the Night King is an iconic TV moment. Yeah. You know?
0: The only thing I didn't like about that was, like, I know they set it up. I think we talked about this. I know they set it up with him when when they first met at that spot, Mm -hmm. her and Jon Snow. He's like, oh, you snuck up on me. They kind of, like, hinted, like, oh, she's... But, like, I would have liked to know... Quiet as a shadow. Yeah, like, but what... Like what is her method? Like I would have liked to know. Was she, did she have the mask of a fucking
1: White Walker? White
0: Walker on, or like you know, did, what well, which one of her like crazy tricks over the years that we've watched her learn? Did she well, use? I think
1: I think she used Cereal Pharrell's tricks, like uh, calm as, calm as still water, quiet like a shadow. Yeah, you know, because um, that shot of the her running by the White Walker and the White Walker's hair blowing. You know, I think it was all back to Cereal Pharrell. I don't think she went I mean, she obviously didn't go faceless man. Right. But um yeah. Yeah. She was a water dancer right there.
0: Yeah. Uh it was great and it was iconic. And yeah. the only thing that made uh the only thing that ruined that moment for me was mm-hmm. everybody doing the Michael Jordan switching hands meme joke. Yeah. Yeah. Which can we look like If we're gonna touch a little bit of non-baseball stuff before we get going, can we just like all agree that it's literally the most unnecessary and overrated basketball move uh, in history? Like I remember, unnecessary. And by the way, at the time, I was like a low-key Michael Jordan fan in in 1990. This is before he started destroying the Knicks. It was before he started destroying the Knicks, but also. It was that—that that was his first championship run. It was before everybody decided that he's the greatest thing that's ever happened in basketball, and they decided it so fast. He went from being like a guy who's kind of like Giannising right now, yeah, where he was just like taking the league by storm and he was doing it at such a young age. It would be like if Giannis won this year,
1: yeah, and they called and, him to and go-to. they go,
0: "He's the best ever," right, and. At just even as a young basketball fan, because I also, my favorite thing about that series, the Jordan-Lakers series, is I was like, I like everybody involved in this. I love Magic. I love the Showtime Lakers. I love the loved Yo- Sam Perkins. I loved the Young Bulls. It was two different styles of play. James Worthy. Like did as- you
1: love Mike Dunleavy, the coach? He looked miscast. Was he the coach of yeah, that? Yeah, he was the coach of that team. Was so, he? Why yeah. did I think it was like
0: Dell Harris?
1: Uh because Dell Harris was later with Shaq and Nick Van Exel. Okay. No, I always thought D- Dunleavy was miscast as the Laker coach. I guess cuz you're just watching Riley. It wasn't Riley in that No. Riley, Riley had already gone to the, the Knicks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like Mike Dunlevy the coach.
0: No. Uh Mike Dunlevy the 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 junior came to a Boston Comedy Club show and I barked Mike Dunleavy Jr. into a comedy show once you did yeah I was like hey man you should come see comedy especially since you're Mike Dunleavy you're 7-Eleven. what the fuck is happening right now he's like what's (laughs) up dude and I was like dude seriously I was like you're Mike Dunleavy and he's like yeah and I was like you you and your chick should seriously come to this comedy show I was like I'd be honored I'll yeah and he goes all right but you can't You can't, like, Mike Dunleavy me in the crowd. I was like, well, you're you're a seven-foot skeleton, so I think people are – if anybody's a basketball fan in there, they're going to know, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'll sit you in the back. And he came. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, like, there's no reason for him to switch hands. Zero.
1: And I remember thinking that as a kid. You know, I was, like, 15, and I'm just like – uh, hey, Marv Albert. Can you imagine that, if that move isn't that great? He should have dunked it.
0: Can you imagine if Arya was going to stab him and the Night King didn't stop her hand whatsoever, but she still dropped the knife and stabbed, and, and, and then, then came around this way, and then you'd be like, "Why the f- well, you? You the almost dunking. blew that! Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. why would you do? Why would yeah. you have done that? Yeah." And then he was like, "Oh, I thought Sam Perkins. Like I caught Sam Perkins out of the corner of my <laughs> eye. You caught a guy who's never once jumped." <laughs> Out of the corner of your eye and thought at the last second he was going to elevate with the greatest right. leaper that we'd ever seen right. and possibly vlog you your guy that played jump.
1: with in college and didn't jump in college. Yeah, and has never jumped before yeah. or
0: after that moment. You yeah. saw him in the, out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> oh, what a fucking... No,
1: Mike. I always felt that way, that that move was so
0: unnecessary. And then they put it in like every commercial. Sometimes I dream. I do unnecessary dream.
1: things. Yeah. Like my... Yeah. Yeah, no, that was the that you know, that's all part of the lies of Michael Jordan, the NBA entertainment. I know.
0: Yeah. That was the greatest thing you ever shared with me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> the
0: Michael the lies of Michael Jordan.
1: Uh you guys go check out this guy named The NBA Storyteller on YouTube and check out The Lies of Michael Jordan. It's fantastic. It's fantastic.
0: Um before, you know, what we like to do is we like to go around the league, mm-hmm. but and then we do some of the top stories. Before we even do uh that, I want to talk about Mike Fires no no yeah for multiple reasons yeah. this is our lead story first of all his second career no hitter uh, is that true yeah two wow. two uh ludicrous plays in that game to save his no no one the fucking uh our boy Razor Ramon uh, climbs the wall uh to, to pull one back and that oh, one yeah? that guy that guy's a fucking human highlight reel uh, especially the cannon arm. And then, um, my favorite thing—I was like, I was like, literally jizzing over it. He gets two outs in the ninth, and he's just like cruising. He feel, he looks so good doing. He feel, looks so confident. I was like, I, I, I was like, he's gonna he's gonna get this. Yeah. He goes 0-2 out of the gate. He gets like a called strike, and then I think a foul ball. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Like I was like, I wonder what he comes with right now. And he goes super high fastball. He goes like uh, he goes emblem Lime's of the, the ladder. emblem of, of the cap right? yeah. high fastball and I was like like this yeah. setting up a dirty something off down the pitch. way next pitch he goes higher high fastball I was like I I was like I am about to fucking come <laughs> and then he goes uncle charlie fucking 58 footer like like, just dirt ball yeah. and strikes the guy out and I was like, Th- I, was, I was like,
1: that's pitching! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I wish I could just send that one at bat to, like, every young pitcher I ever coach and yeah. be like, remember how I would tell our catcher to stand up? Like, this is what you do. Change you changes eye fucking line. eye level. You change, you change it again. eye level. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, you're throwing a no-hitter, so, like, the idea that you, that somebody swings at an emblem high fastball is, yeah. like, not for you. ludicrous. Yeah. And then he does it again. And then he goes, just dirty curveball. I loved it. It like made my heart swell to like twice its size. I was like, yes, you fucking what, you super stud.
1: What's interesting about that is that once you throw that high fastball, as a hitter, you're thinking curveball down yeah. in the dirt. So, you can get you can get a panic swing of that that second high fastball, yeah, and also you doubled up on one pitch in a in in a you know in a situation where it's O two. You put a you put doubt in that hitter's head. It was like, well, is now the curveball coming, yeah, and then yeah, and totally goes well. Now breakdown. what the fuck? I didn't see the last swing. Was it totally like ass out rollover? Yeah, yeah it breakdown was a, swing. Yeah, he's like ah, pff, whatever.
0: App- Good for you. Panic. You, <laughs> you earned this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, no, it was it was incredible and and a great display. I watched the last like three plus innings of that game, mm-hmm. and and was they against
1: Cincinnati, right?
0: Yeah, and yeah. they were um. And they were, you know, they were like baseball broadcasts do Now they were talking no hitter for most of it. But I actually put it on because I was watching Mets Padres um, in San Diego, and then that was the last game. That was the last game going for the evening. So I was like, all right, basketball's done, baseball's done. I'm going over to this other baseball
1: game, and they're like, he's got a no no. I was like, yeah, okay. Fires could do it. Yeah. I was like, I'll I'll stick this out. Who knew Fires would turn out to be such a very like I would say he's a very good major league starter.
0: Yeah. You know? He he just has a look of him, uh he just like has a bulldog look about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like always five o'clock shadow, always like got to dip in, always like he's a big dude too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's he,
0: like, he's but- like he's almost like what I wished Matt Harvey had become after everybody knew he wasn't gonna Dark Knight anymore. Right. Where it was like, okay, he's not gonna be the dark knight. This was a pipe dream. Like Harvey Day's not a thing anymore. Like
1: he learned to pitch throwing ninety instead of ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish linsicum could have figured that yeah. out. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Fires was kind of a guy that like you look at him and you're like, Well, this guy doesn't have dominating stuff, even as a young dude. But as he's gotten older, he's just gotten a lot better. And I didn't I never thought that he would be like a number one kind of dude on a playoff team yeah i don't know if he's a number one on a great playoff team but i think he was a he was basically their number one last year
0: the that was the 300th no hitter in uh major league baseball history oh wow minus i guess they took away some for some reason really yeah but uh oh
1: dude what didn't uh that fucking umpire take away Well, that
0: one yeah that one's not, that that's brutal. not even that's officially so on the brutal. books just
1: kill yourself
0: But uh, Mike Fires, 57 and 58 career uh, win loss. Yeah. 4.51 earned run, 861 strikeouts, four years with the Brewers, two years or three years with the uh, Astros, Astros. a year with the Tigers, and now the Oakland Athletics. Pitched a no hitter in 2015 and pitched an immaculate inning on May 7th, 2015 as well.
1: I think we got an immaculate inning this week from Josh Hader, did. did we not? Uh,
0: from uh, Sale. Oh, from Sale. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Sale's kind of turning it around. Maybe
0: there was maybe there was another one. Yeah. Um, and he's from Hollywood, Florida. So Mike Fires, you know, like fifty-seven and fifty-eight. I mean, you're on the you're on the the Brewers.
1: You're on the but, shitty Brewers team. But he did get
0: he did get three years on an Astros team that was contending. Yeah, that that helped. Tw- Tigers last year, but like. He's just a bulldog, like, and I'd he's lo- also
1: coming into his own now.
0: Yeah, yeah. This- he's, he's only thirty three.
1: Right. This is this is prime Mike Fires. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so good for Mike Fires. I, I I loved it. Yeah. I loved I loved the end of that game. It was it was fantastic. Um, let's take a look around the league. Uh, we'll go through some of the standings. We'll t- then we'll talk some top stories. We'll slide into the DMs, and then we'll give you an opportunity to wax poetic about your Warriors without KD. Um, let's start let's just start from the top the American League East, Tampa Bay coming back to Earth coming back to Earth at 23 and 13. they are a game and a half up on the New York Yankees who are playing a lot better um and then the surging Boston Red Sox, Red Sox that we can talk about because they are now 19, 19 and 19? 19, five games back they're eight and two in their last 10 um they're, it seems like the hangover was, they're like the guys, they're like when you go out and you get drunk and you're hungover and you just, you're like, you get up in the morning, you're like, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm not going to drink anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then like, you finally get out of bed at like 1130 and you get a bacon, egg, and cheese and some coffee. You feel a little bit better. You Advil. It's a sunny day. Your friends are like. Dude, we're down at the fucking beach. We got a, we're having a couple beers. You know, you go down there and you're like, water for me, guys. I am dying. And one of your boys is like, have a beer. We'll It'll make see. you feel better. And you have one beer. And you immediately are a little bit drunk again. Yeah. And you're like, I actually do kind of feel good. Yeah. Maybe I should start drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> That's this Boston Red, Sox, Red Sox World Sox right Series now. hangover. Because yeah. they're just starting to drink again. They yeah. just cracked crack the first beer of the day at like 1.45 p.m. Yeah. At a barbecue,
1: they just basically they just basically says, "You know who I am? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm the Boston Red Sox. I'm not a shitty team. I'm a really really good team.
0: I'm going to ask you again something I asked you on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. We got Tampa Bay Yankees a game and a half back, Boston five back, the Toronto Blue Jays are seven under five hundred eight and a half back. I mean, but I, Vladdy's no, up. But Vladdy's up. But let's be honest, they're not." they're not tanning in the division. Yeah. Baltimore LOLs. Yeah. <laughs> LOLs Birds. Um which of those three teams make the playoffs?
1: I still like okay, so last time I said Tampa Bay would would keep one of those two teams out, the Re- Yankees or the Red Sox, but not both. Um I'm going to stick with that for now. But I got a sinking feeling that it's going to be the Yankees and the Red Sox, and Tampa Bay is going to fall apart late.
0: So the Yankees are the leading team in the wild card. I mean, I know it's early to start wild card standings, but yeah. if you were to look at it, the Yankees would have a first wild card position, the Cleveland Indians would have a second, Yeah, Seattle and Boston two games back.
1: Yeah. Who do you believe? of Of Seattle, Boston, and Cleveland, who do you really believe in? Boston. Boston, but I believe in Cleveland a little
0: bit too, just because the AL Central sucks so hard.
1: Yeah, it's true, but Minnesota's kind of good.
0: Minnesota, my hey. pick my pick for the AL Central.
1: Yeah. That makes up for our Colorado pick.
0: The be- yeah, the best record in baseball right now, twenty-three and twelve, wow. three and a half games up on the twenty and sixteen Cleveland Indians. We cannot discuss the Detroit Tigers, the Chicago White Sox, or, or the, the Kansas City, City Royals. Royals as much as Fucking Ted Anderson
2: <laughs>
0: wants to wants us to talk about him. We we cannot. Those are the rules. Ted Dem's
1: the rules of yeah. the Dirty Slides podcast. Is this the Marwin Gonzalez effect? You know, is he having a good year? I, I don't mean, know. I mean, I, yeah, the I, guy's just a winner, though.
0: But they made all kinds of like great little subtle little moves, yeah, and and they were in a division which. Really, they were just contending with the Indians. I think I think Detroit and Chicago will be okay in the near to di- near to medium distance future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the AL Central will come around. But I think the Twins knew they were just chasing the Indians. And I don't, like, I feel like the Indians made their big splashes the last few years. And they're like, okay, now we just kind of got to, like, own it. I think it. the
1: Indians are a little worn out. Yeah. You know? A little worn out. Um, and I know Kluber got hurt. Is Kluber back? Uh, what about, what about, uh, their, their awesome shortstop? Is he back yet? Lindor. Lindor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, yeah,
0: I don't keep up on the AL Central all, except for standings wise, which is, uh, you know, which is right now my twins pick, but let's take a look at their last, their last box score and just see what their what the Cleveland Indians lineup's looking like. Do you like the um do you like the Twins to p- potentially win the division for the year? Do you think they hold on? Or do you think it's a matter of like the Indians getting healthy? No.
1: I mean, like look, Lindor is playing. Yeah. I am Kipness very is- happy for the Minnesota Twins, but they've got a this is really early and they've got a lot to prove and Cleveland is a proven playoff contender for the last 4 years. So like I'm psyched for the Twin Cities, you know? Psyched for you. Hope you can hope you can do it, but I I can't say I 100% believe in the Twins just yet. Well, I'm saying this. Not only do I believe in but the But Marwin
0: Gonzalez is a winner. Not only do I believe in the Twins.
1: Yeah. Well, you got to double down. I
0: too. I picked pick them, <laughs> but I think I think I think I believe in Cleveland as well. And I think Cleveland and Minnesota battle for that. I I feel like that's a pennant race. And I also feel the other team gets in. And then it's going to be two teams for the East and the Astros from the West. Right. Um, Because you
1: got two from the Central.
0: Yeah. Two from the
1: shitty American League Central.
0: Because the sexiest division in baseball is no longer the sexiest division in baseball. Yeah, I don't know what. The Houston Astros are 23 and 15. The A's suck. The Seattle Easier Mariners. Place. Yeah, the Seattle Mariners are playing 500 baseball. The Texas Rangers, that shouldn't even be 17 and 18, but somehow are have fallen off pretty significantly. I mean, they're they're five and five in their last ten, um, but th- you know they were they were well above 500. You know, ten games ago. Yeah, and uh, well, I've. That's actually not true, I guess, because they're five and five in the last right, ten. Right, but right. but twenty games ago, right? You know, they were they were like, oh, the Texas Rangers, good. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're seventeen and eighteen. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have gotten our boy Shohei Otane back, so they might do something, surge to third or maybe a second, maybe yeah. they, maybe they chase the uh, the Mariners, and and your Oakland A's, despite Mike Fires no right, hitter, seventeen and twenty two, they're six and a half games back.
1: I still believe in the A's, though. I think the A's are going to make a push. Um, you know, Billy Bean, if yeah. something ain't working. He'll change it. Um, and by the way, I think we should, you know, offer some congratulations to Albert Pujols for going two thousand RBIs. Two thousand RBI. Yeah, Hank Aaron, A. Rod Pujols. Is that it? That's it. That's the list. That's the list. Wow, I mean, Bonds should have been there, but they just walked him all the time, right? And he had nobody hitting in front of
0: him, and they forced him to retire early. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> they For, so, yeah, there's a million reasons why Barry Bonds should be there. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we've talked. We, you're you're a San Francisco guy and a Bonds guy. I'm yeah. a Bonds guy. No one here is denying that Bonds took massive amounts of Ace-GH. No. The only question is like why he did it and and Oh, we you know, know why he did it. Yeah, he did it cuz Sammy Sosa hit 60 home runs yeah, and he's exactly. like, "How dare you?" Yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, he did I, it out of spite." Like, <laughs> I I am convinced that the words "I will hit 100" came out of his mouth at one point. 100%.
1: He's like,
0: "I'll hit a fucking yeah. 100." And he would yeah. have. Yeah. If they walked him so many times in a year.
1: Yeah, they walked him like 130 times. And he said to Ken Griffey Jr. I'm gonna do some serious shit. Watch what I do. And Griffey was like, Yeah, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we head to the NL East,
0: my NL East.
1: Oh, it's the Phillies are
0: <laughs> Phillies twenty one and fifteen. Uh they're seven and three over their last ten. They're the only team in the NL East with a positive run differential. And they're the only team in the NL East that is over five hundred.
1: How many times on the streets of Philadelphia has Bryce Harper been called a cocksucker to his face, you think, right now? Because he's hitting like 213 or something. Yeah. Uh,
0: probably once or twice for sure.
1: Do you think it's over under is five and a half? Uh,
0: specifically, cocksucker or some variation? Some variation of cocksucker. I'm going over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Phillies are playing great. Um, I I still don't. I'm still not like a Phillies buyer. Like I'm 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 buying the Phillies the same way that I bought the Nationals whenever they had like Bryce Harper doing Bryce Harper things, which is like, is this like I don't I don't think this Phillies team is a
1: contender, even if they run away with the NL East. I, I mean, I think it's the same thing we talked about. Like, there's just not enough pitching there. Yeah, you know, in a in a short series or long series to really get it done, and um. By the way, did you see uh, Bryce Harper's clapback on Smash Mouth? No. Okay. Well, I didn't know this, but Smash Mouth, the band, the band. Hey, now you're our, an all star. Yeah, yeah. Is a San Francisco Giants. I knew that fan are they're fans. Right, San Francisco. The,
0: I, the 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 main dude from Smash Mouth, correct, is like a huge San Francisco Giants yeah, guy. Yeah, and he, I believe he like runs their Twitter. Okay, and and like does some fucking San Francisco trolling. Yeah,
1: well, he got trolled by Bryce Harper because he was like, "Hey, Bryce Harper, are you you know didn't want to come to San Francisco? You suck." Da 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 da. Whatever he said, but it was about like choosing Philly over San Francisco. Yeah, and you're hitting to something, and da 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 da, and then Bryce Harper just responds with, um. Uh, I have since 2012 or whatever he came up, you know, I've got 1,000 hits. You've got one hit since 1999. Wow. Basically. Wow. Who wrote that for him? (laughs) I don't know, but good on you,
0: Bryce. Wait, does... Here's the big question. Does Bryce Harper employ a comedy writing staff? Can I can I get on the Bryce yeah, Harper? Man, can I get can in we, the writers room? Yeah. Yeah. He's seriously. making two hundred, like whatever, million dollars, three hundred and something million dollars. He's he's making more than Conan, you know? Yeah. He's gotta be employing writers. Right. How do I get on the fucking writing seriously. staff for Bryce Harper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I bro, I'll be like, bro, look, I am inside the Mets world. Like, if Mets fans, you know yeah, bark I'll at you i've got Mets like yeah, yeah i have a, I can self-destroy Mets fans i don't give a fuck yeah i can be bought i've said that on the dirty sports <laughs> network one million times yeah absolutely my, my soul is for sale
1: <laughs> and uh now that smash mouth is the second and by the way i'll 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 hope that your
0: team dies and that you lose the whole time but i will not let you get trolled on twitter <laughs> yeah
1: I'd be 100% down for that, especially now that Smash Mouth is the second most embarrassing San Francisco Giants fan to Rob Schneider, and they're getting trolled by Bryce Harper. Yeah. Fuck them.
0: Uh, the Atlanta Braves have lost four in a row, are 18-20. Mm. and 20. They were mm. surging for a minute. My Mets are right behind them at 17-20, four and a half games back. Uh, the Nationals, my pick to win the division, not looking great, six and a half games back, and the Miami Marlins, 11 and a half games back. Uh, We can't talk about the Mets too long because they're not over 500, but uh, there's a there's this thing. So Mets Twitter is extremely cynical and extremely negative. It is like it is the personality of the Mets fan. It's always doom and gloom. Everything's the worst thing that ever happened. Jacob DeGrom has one bad start. His elbow's probably going to fall off. He's dead. This <laughs> is because they overpitched him last year. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard hasn't been good since he appeared on Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones curse. <laughs> uh, you know, Wilson Ramos has hoof-and-mouth disease. <laughs> like It's a whole thing. And I'm going to say that the big question that came up, um, and shout out to my favorite Mets podcast, Put It In The Podcast, which I've appeared on a few times. It was like, if you're optimistic about this team. Why? And I just want to delve into a little bit of why I'm optimistic about this team. And I'm not that optimistic, but I'm not full gloom and doom. And it's simply because of Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil, who are... We come into this season and it's like, hey, yeah, we added Ramos. And, you know, Nimmo was good last year. And And Cano. maybe we'll get... And Cano. And Diaz. And we'll get... You know Cespedes back at some point, hopefully, and you know uh, so and so is going to be healthy, and the pitching staffs finally all healthy at one time. And but like Pete Alonso is currently like the best player on the Mets. Yes, probably the rookie of the year. Yeah. If it, if you had to pick Tay. he also only hits late-inning laser shots (laughs) off of the first guy to relieve your starter. Like, if you relieve your starter in the fourth, he's hitting a bomb in his first at-bat off the next day. And, like, he hit a game-winner. I mean, they lost the series, but he hit a game-winner in the second game of that Padres series. He hit it uh, to the fucking moon. He's got the third, like, six His bat flip goes to the moon. Yeah. (laughs) His bat flip was great. He, like, went for full bat flip. I don't know if you watched it. Yeah, I saw it, it. and
1: it it looked like it got stuck a little bit. got
0: stuck in his pine tar. And he threw it and then he looked back because he knew it came off his hand weird. And it almost hit the umpire. And then the umpire gave him a talking to, and he had like apologize. Um f- but also what I like is for some reason, a bunch of people already have Pete Alonso beefs. Like really, he's going through the league, and guys are already like beefing with him. And it and I think it started with. Like, the, it came out that he was, that when they were playing the Cardinals, uh, Mickey Calloway was, like, going to leave him out of the lineup. And um, he was like, I know this guy from college. Like, I want to fucking hit him. And in his first at-bat, he hit, like, a 440-foot laser beam. And he did not publicize this. It yeah. just, like, came out. It was just, like, a locker room, right. like... Mickey Callaway told a reporter that he asked into the lineup and then they asked him and he was just like, Yeah, I know from college and I wanted him. And now all these pitchers are like, fuck you, I want Pete Alonzo, which I kind of love. That's
1: great. Yeah, I love that's it. That's fantastic.
0: Chris Paddock uh, yeah. is like the the rookie, you know, stud from the Padres. Wanted him, got him, yeah. struck him out twice. Great. And then Pete Alonzo hits the game winner the next night. But I just love that people are like beefing with this like little chubby. <laughs>
1: Like, he's not that little, is he? he looks no, like a like big that, dude. Yeah,
0: but he's like a little. Ch- he's like little and like the young, right? Rookie, chubby, Talking like shit. nice guy. He's like, I don't want to be Peter. I want to be Pete. Yeah. Um. So I love it,
1: and it's kind of like the uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, uh, Alex Bregman yeah. thief on it. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. That and was then dope. Jeff
0: McNeil's the second leading hitter in the National League behind fucking Bellinger. To, you know, he's hitting like 360 or something like that. Yeah. So is these young guys,
1: where's where he? Where do they got him playing?
0: They i him playing outfield and third mostly. Okay. Yeah. So he's
1: kind of like the super, super Joe McEwen. Yeah.
0: But he's got to be in the lineup every day. Yeah. Now, that's what I, that's the only other reason I wanted to talk about the Mets. Um, Terry Collins essentially confirmed something that you and I have been saying for a while about Dave Roberts, but also that's happening a lot. And that is that, um, and and by the way, I was all for Terry Collins being fired by the Mets. Nice guy. Obviously, the players loved him. Great at developing young talent. Great at motivating a team. Great, I think, day in and day out manager. Mm. Um, decent, like, m- you know, X's and O's moves manager. But a, just a disastrous uh, manager of bullpens. And that, like, is not going to fucking cut it. Right. Especially in New York where, like, the Mets are just, like, synonymous with, Especially like...
1: Especially when you're a pitching dominant team.
0: Yeah. So, uh, he went on ESPN and uh-huh. basically said he – and and not only did he say about him for sure, but he he essentially said around baseball, uh, managers don't get to make the lineup anymore. That the lineup is on your desk when you get there. Yeah. And that there's nothing that you can do about it. Thanks a lot, Billy Bean. Yeah. And that almost – and and the way he described it, it was almost him saying, I don't even know – where that comes from like i don't know if it's a computer if it's a gm if it's like if it's like numbers crunchers guys i just know that you know i go in and i hit a button and it pops out a a fucking piece of paper and that's my lineup and that's what i gotta do and the, the guys were asking him like what about you know your gut feeling and he's like I can't even talk about like how I feel about it or what I think should happen or whatever is like or
1: what I see on the yeah, field.
0: Yeah. It's just the way it is now in baseball. And I just think that's so fucking stupid.
1: Well, I think it I mean, obviously moneyball killed the killed the baseball manager. Yeah. And the problem with baseball um forever it's not forward thinking people and they're just they're sheeple. So if one you know one thing becomes a trend, they're all they're all on it. And you know nobody thinks about that you know when the Oakland A's did it, they had no money and they had an incredible pitching staff. So they could go out and look for guys who got on base because no one valued that and they could get them for cheap. That doesn't mean that works for the Yankees or the Astros or like, you know, other teams. And it's frustrating that, you know, like Bochi is probably the only guy who makes his own lineup now. And it's only gonna be for a year. Yeah. And I, I just think that there's something stupid. I, I don't even hate the
0: idea of the lineups on my desk when I get there. Okay. But how about this a lineup is, suggestion based ex- on numbers. Exactly. Nine. This is what we this is what the numbers say should you should do. Okay, cool. And then like, okay. Yeah, I, I appreciate that your input, un, and like, and I was on the fence about who was going to play third today, and the numbers say it should be this guy. It's like going to the book when you're playing blackjack, right? But then also when you're playing blackjack, you know what cards have come up before, and you know what cards are coming next, and you have a gut instinct, and sometimes you got to fucking hit on sixteen, right? And sometimes you got to fight, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that the idea that the eight Locked, loaded in pen. Yeah, this is the lineup. Is stupid, and also, like I said about the Dodgers last year, and trust me, I don't want to give the Dodgers any help in winning baseball games because I've I've basically come to hate the Dodgers at this point. Sure, mostly because of Joe Shabelli. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I just don't know how a computer accounts for a shortstop and a second baseman needing 120 games together. To just always go. I know how you move. I know how that affects right. how I move. Yeah, there's some things that just cannot be.
1: Absolutely, like, like the computerized. You like you're so- gonna
0: stand here. The outfielders like all looking at their fucking thing and saying you're gonna stand here against this. Like when I played in the outfield, I'd move a couple steps. In either direction, based on the last swing the guy just had.
1: Absolutely. Or, like, how he's setting up or what what his swing path is and, like, how he's, you know, you're reading his swing and be like, this guy's fucking late. And the numbers... May not say that. Yeah, the
0: numbers don't... The numbers say what Bryce Harper's done the whole season. Right. But what the numbers don't tell you is, did Bryce Harper stay up till four in the morning arguing with his wife Mm -hmm. because she fucking said she likes Smash Mouth? Yeah. You know? Right. And now they're beefing and he's gonna fuck his other sister wife instead that night because (laughs) like whatever. Right. And now he's late today. Yeah. Like, I just it and and this I think this is a big problem across baseball. I think this is like a wide I think ranging problem that's like bleeds into the shift. It bleeds into it bleeds into um you know, launch angle. It bleeds into pitch count. It bleeds into whatever. And it's
1: like, it bleeds into guys not getting signed. Cause owners don't want to spend the money. They yeah. don't want to spend the money on managers. That's why fucking Dave Roberts is a manager. Brad Ausmus is a manager. Craig council is a manager. Um, they're like, you got no managing experience. Great. You're not going to get any being the manager. Cause we're going to tell you what to do all the time. And you yeah. don't have the gravitas to say no. Yeah. And um it, it just kind of goes with the whole baseball uh, collusion of being like, see who can spend the least amount of money.
0: It's pure greed. Yeah. Um and, and, and it is pure greed and and Andy, Ruther, and I have talked about it a lot on dirty sports. My my theory on baseball is like make baseball affordable again, make it easier for me to go to seventy baseball games, make make me want to have season tickets to my favorite team. Now right. I'm I'm a New York Mets fan. I'm not gonna have season tickets anytime soon because I don't live in New York. But like the idea that my brother doesn't have a Sunday package, you know, which is something that we had when we were when we were both living in New York together. Like we had tickets to every Sunday Mets game. Cool. Every Sunday.
1: Yeah. The,
0: the idea that my brother doesn't have that is because disgusted with the game. Yeah, but also it's not affordable for him to take his son every sunday to a ball game yeah you know he's got to drive there he's got a park he's got a whatever and that's gross and this is something that's affecting on field play off field experience it's just like guys just make it more affordable get more people to the ballpark take that money spend it on winning winning breeds people showing up it's not fucking difficult
1: right and ban the fucking shift
0: so I'm glad you brought it up, and we're okay. We're gonna get we're gonna get off topic here. Um, we're gonna we're before we go to the NL Central and the NL West. Um, we did get this message slide. We got this slide into the DMs because I made a band the shift joke on Instagram while I was down in uh, San, San Diego. Diego, and Connor Ross uh, at Ross underscore Connor sent us this. It starts with a tweet thread from Jeremy Frank, and He said, I'd like to have a ban the shift chat. This thread does a good job of walking through why it would be a bad idea. It's pretty long, but the essence of it is if you can hit all over the field, you don't get shifted on. If you can only pull the ball and hit for power, you do. If the shift is banned, there'll be a lot more incentive for everyone to become Joey Gallo. I think that over time with the shift, although it reduces balls in play, players will recognize that hitting for average is effective and things will even out. Banning it will make it worse and we'll see more strikeouts and Disagree. more home runs, etc. And here's the thread uh, from at MLB Random Stats. The reason I don't believe banning the shift will work is because the player shift protects is spray hitters by keeping the guys who pull the ball in check. The guy are three true outcome prone. The shift allows for spray hitters to be successful. Now, before I even continue with the thread, here's the deal. They don't... They don't... Uh shift against guys who spray the ball. Exactly. So the idea they that they shift
1: against power guys, and instead of you know changing who you are and spraying the ball down third baseline, they're like, Well, I'm gonna hit the ball over the shift. Yes. I'm gonna hit the ball in the air. They've over been the shift. shifting
0: in baseball for a while now. Yeah. They don't shift against spray hitters. So the shift, the shift basically, spray hitters ban the shift themselves. Right. Power hitters have not no no pull power hitter in baseball that i know that's a standout pull power hitter has changed their approach nope
1: but against the shift no nope. so the idea right that the shift is going to change anything besides make it boring and you're leaving all these tremendous athletes with nothing to do that's what you're doing
0: here's my thing about the shift. Theoretically, I'm like, ban the shift. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, I'm like, I don't know how you even do that.
1: I think you could adjust the shift to where you can own you can't have three guys on one side of the infield. You know? You you can have one guy directly right on second, second base, but you can't have him to the left of second base. Or conversely, to the right of second base, if it's a right-handed right-handed guy, right? So, um, no fucking. If you want to have your second baseman in the outfield like they used to do for Ortiz, sure, great. That means your shortstop's got to stand behind second. So that means if, uh, like if he hits a fucking roller to second base,
0: and then when can he start moving to the left of the bag or to you know, right. the right side of the bag, right. like?
1: Yeah, like, after the pitch is thrown? Okay, maybe. So, but, like, I saw with Bonds and Ortiz, laser shots that are uh, singles, at least, or possibly doubles, get turned into ground outs. Yeah. And not exciting ground outs. Right. Just fucking Ian Kinsler sitting in right, right center field like some kind of fucking softball player. One hopper, throw to fucking first. Yeah, well, that was fun to watch. I mean, i mean Ian Kinsler has to fucking charge, or the shortstop has to come all the way over. Nah, that's a fun. That's a fun play. Yeah, you know. Bring yeah. back the web gems is what I'm saying.
0: I mean, I'm into banning the. I mean, I'm in the like. That's still a shift.
1: It's still a shift. That's what it, I'm saying.
0: Like, I'm into banning. I'm into keeping two guys on either side of second base. Yeah, I'm into that.
1: Okay. I mean, it's it's kind of a compromise. Yeah, you know. But this, this because
0: sh- because this theory, I just don't think it, it you know, I'll, I'm going to read it because without a ban on the shift, there's incentive to be a spray contact hitter. It's just
1: like there's zero incentive for it to be a spray contact hitter because they don't pay for it. They pay and for also homeowner's.
0: and also the Sabre metrics are not there on the level they are in the major leagues in the minors, in college certainly in high school certainly at any other level of college behind, besides like the highest level where like you know maybe Florida State's got the book on the guys on Florida right. but they don't have the book on guys from you know you know UC Davis who they right. play once a year right. and they don't and and you you know you see this in the college but so the big power hitting lefty pull hitter that's been hitting that way since he was 5 Right. It's not suddenly getting the big. That's why you don't see it. Because yeah. they're not getting the big. They go, well, I'm here and they're shifting against me and there's literally nothing I can do. So the idea that anybody is going to be planning for this so far in advance right. that they are like, hey, son, here's the deal. The when shift is a thing next.
1: They're going to shift you. Yeah. So we need start to be a sp-
0: slapping it down
1: the third baseline. <laughs> if
0: that was a thing, everybody alive would be a switch hitter. Yeah. Right? Right. People have been switch hitting since when? Eighteen eighteen. Right. Right. So Civil war. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Everybody would prefer to have a switch hitter.
1: Sure.
0: Right? Right. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't you? The guy hits both from both sides of the plate. Yeah. But no one's like how many you know how many switch hitters are there? there's one guy two
1: guys on every team i feel like like switch hitters were kind of like at their peak in like the 1950s it's not even a thing anymore i don't think you know you barely see it barely see it yeah you know um yeah no i mean i i just i've been saying this for years i think the shift is ruining the fun of the game you know you're 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 fucking wasting Guys like Javi Baez and fucking Lindor from making incredible plays. And so, you know, now they have, they're just standing where the guys think they're going to hit it, and it's a one-hopper fucking snooze fest.
0: Banning the shift removes any penalty for the byproduct of swinging for home runs. Currently, swinging for power is a trade-off. You get the increase in slugging and a decrease in batting average. With no shift, there is no trade-off. The penalty that there is, the penalty that was there is gone. The players are helped. The players helped are the power hitters because they see more balls getting through, but that isn't what MLB wants to happen. There would be so many more power hitters in the game, and so many f- like the like again. I I want to give this guy. It's a long thread, and I want to give this guy. Because- but but he's he's living in some sort of dream world yeah. where eight year old kids are talked to about the shift <laughs> by their dad, who's yeah. also saying things like elbow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just say this, and we'll move on because that's exactly where I kind of want to leave it. Like that's where it has to start, and that's and it'll never start there. Yeah. And also, if you're a dad out there, if you love baseball, and if you're a dad out there, and if you have a son and you want him to be good at baseball, um, DM me. I'll I'll send you I'll send you coachable videos for you. I've done it for other young ball players. Yeah. But first things first, do not under any circumstances tell your child to raise his elbow. Elbow up is something that has been being said for so long and or it infuriates the me. And now <laughs> I, I literally tell small children when I coach them, yeah. they're like, well, my dad said elbow up. And I say, and I, this is what I say. I say, go home and tell your dad that he's dumb and he's wrong. <laughs> And then he should call Coach Joe, and Coach Joe will tell him why he's dumb and wrong. <laughs> and these kids are like, wait, you want me to tell my dad I'm dumb? And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun for two reasons. One, you get to call your dad yeah, dumb. dumb. Two, you're right. Your dad is dumb. Yeah. And three, we get to tell your dad together why he's dumb. <laughs> so if you're out there and you're telling your kid to raise his elbow, don't do it. I can explain to you why if you want to get in depth with it. But like, it's the dumbest thing yeah, that's been being said. and quit squashing the bug, too. Yeah.
1: That's what Coach Les says.
0: Um, okay. So, let's go back to the standings. We're we're chugging along here yeah. and we'll go. So, the Chicago Cubs surging, coming back. 22 and 13, 3-game win streak, 9 and 1 over the last 10, a plus 57 run di- differential, which is 55 more runs in the plus than the second place Milwaukee Brewers who are have a plus two run differential. Our St. Louis Cardinals, who we picked to win the division, are one and a half games back. So it's Chicago at twenty two and thirteen, Milwaukee at twenty three and sixteen, St. Louis at twenty two and sixteen. Then Pittsburgh, who's playing five hundred baseball, but is not—you know—they're—they've they're, been playing five hundred baseball basically the whole year. They're five and five in their last ten. They're eight and eight at home. They're nine and nine on the road. And then Andy Ruther's Cincinnati Reds. 16 and 22, seven and a half games back with an amazing. So, Pittsburgh has a minus 41 run differential in fourth, and Cincinnati has a plus three run differential in fifth.
1: Weird. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to say that uh, El Mago, Javi ba- Baez, is becoming my favorite player because he's not only now the greatest tagger we've yeah. ever seen, he may be the greatest slider. I'm going to say this his escape slides are tremendous. Javi Baez might be,
0: and I'd love to hear arguments against, but he might be the most skilled baseball player I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, make like this is what I did. This what I did with Correa and Altuve. Yeah, I'm like, look, I'm hearing arguments. Yeah, but who's more skilled across the board than?
1: I would say, Bobby. I mean, the only thing missing from El game is, is average hitting, where he's not as skilled as a bat-to-ball contact guy as, say, maybe Altuve. He might be, I think him and Correa are probably around the same. I mean, he almost hit three hundred last but, year, but, but it's big from a sk- yeah, But from a skill
0: position, from a skill standpoint, Altuve, yeah. But, but
1: Altuve's not the tagger. The or tagger, the, slider, the fielder, the, the slider,
0: runner. Runner, the base runner. Yeah, the
1: absolutely. I mean, I think you can make a an argument that um, he is the best athlete in the game today, including Mike Trout. Yeah, that's what that was.
0: That was. I mean, I I thought skilled was a bold. Like you're saying. I, I mean, to, I, I, here here's why. Here's my arguments no. against. Here's my argument against him being a better athlete than Mike Trout. I think one thing when I think about an athlete, and this is why I always argue with people that the NBA is by far the most athletic league. And people are like, you know, hockey players. I go, get the fuck out of here. Right. Or like, oh, football guy. It's like the reason NBA players are the best athletes is because they are put into bodies that are not meant to be athletic. <laughs> and then they do the most athletic thing. It's true. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like true. if you meet a seven-footer on the street, he has trouble walking, sitting, Bending is to if touch you his met knees. a,
1: two, a, a Seven foot or 200 years ago, you'd throw rocks at him yeah. and tell him to go move back to the mountains. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like Mike Trout,
0: the idea that Mike Trout is like this super athletic tight end where he, like, oh, look at how crafty he is and like a five yard out. Like, right. oh, but he isn't a tight end. He's the best player in all of baseball. Right. He, he has, you it know,
1: just looks like Brian Erlecker.
0: Yeah. So, to me,
1: I think like
0: the the peak athleticism is when you are able to act as an athletic, normal person and you do it in a body that is like most people go, oh, I just try to exist in this and right. be fine. So that would be my one argument against. But um, but who's more
1: agile, El Mago or um, Trout? Well, sure. That's the point. Right. Right. Who's stronger? Who's faster? Right. You know what I mean? I it just watching Javi play is 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 joyful. And like that's one of my reasons I want to ban the shift, because I want to see more fucking Javi. Yeah. And more guys like Javi doing amazing things. So I but I think I, I, also like, I also feel like I also feel like an argument for Javi and in the skill
0: category is is a lot like with He's sort of doing the reverse Ichiro, who would, by the way, be a certainly up there, certainly up there in terms of a skill, a skill I mean, guy, for fielding, arm, oh, yeah, average, could hit for power, base runner, like, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, but like, then then you're getting into like the dexterity of playing infield versus playing out. Like, right. you're you're almost if you're like a Gold Glove shortstop, you're just more skilled than a Gold Glove right fielder. You are. You're just you just playing R. Like I'm not saying Ichiro couldn't have played shortstop. Maybe he could have. But like he he didn't. But he didn't. You know?
1: But Um, when you watch Ichiro play, you're like
0: Watch that plug by the way. Oh
1: yeah. Oh my God, what a hose on this guy. Yeah. He's a little dude. Yeah. Right? But you know, you've seen big arms before. Yeah. Right, I mean, Clemente wasn't a huge guy, right? You know, and shit like that, but
0: it's all whip and leverage, whip
1: and leverage and flexibility. I have never seen anybody tag like this, dude. Yeah, these tags are so swaggy with so much sauce,
0: so saucy, (laughs) most sauce ever for sure.
1: Yeah, the most sauce. Can we just declare him the most sauce baseball player ever? Yeah, I'm also. I'm going ahead and giving him skilled too. I'm doing it. He's the sauce goat.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> athlete i'm not ready to give him the belt but yeah. like skill but the, but what i was saying about a reverse Ichiro is mm-hmm. i think he could be a 330 hitter every year certainly but i think at wrigley and launch angle and the math and the computer the sauce and the sauce he's gone like why like
1: i mean his his giant hacks are part of his whole thing yeah
0: you know who do you like there? Are you still are we still I, I kind of love the sneaky cards one and a half games back? We're still at,
1: hanging in there, man.
0: Yeah, forty games into the season. You know,
1: um I uh I like all of those teams, honestly. I like the Cubs. Uh Yelich is on pace for sixty home runs. Um I think he's he's playing even better this year than he was last year. Um you know, and uh, apparently the Brewers don't need a starting rotation. Yeah, they're fine with it. Um, I, I I still like the Cardinals. I think that they've got a lot. You I mean Harrison Bader and Ozuna and Goldie, um, and that's that's just their new guys. Yeah, right. Like Carpenter, the young is still there. Carpenter's still there um they always seem to have a bunch of just stud athlete jordan hicks yeah you know and i said it last year because i couldn't
0: i just like wasn't like i don't know is like it just seems like when's the last time the cardinals were in the world series don't they just do it every like six years like isn't
1: this like just a thing yeah you know that was kind of yeah that was kind of why i uh picked them too it's just because it's got to be about time yeah you know
0: so I, I like all those teams too, but the Cubs certainly are playing well. And uh one reason is uh the uh, an exploding Chris Bryant suddenly. Um he did a mid at bat switch after cracking a bat. Yeah uh breaking a bat, he did a mid at bat switch to an axe bat handle mm. and apparently has been just on fire ever since that moment. Yeah. Uh that I know Mookie Betts is an axe back guy. There's a Springer. bunch of axe back guys. Springer. Springer um this is like this is like the next thing. Yeah. Jeff McNeil, who I mentioned before on the Mets, is no a, handle. Is a no handle guy. That's advanced. He's hitting three sixty. That's really advanced. He's just swinging like a stick. Yeah. Um it, it I get. you know, it's so funny because you look at the way the bat has changed over the years. It hasn't changed that much. Like mm. You look you like the Babe Ruth bats. You're like, oh, it's kind of big, and it doesn't really have the tapering, big. and it's yeah, kind of like, like whatever. Big. But it's like, it's the same concept. Yeah, axe bats, handleless bats. Like, we've hit that point where it's like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Now ban the shift. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we transfer over to the NL West, led by the hated Los Angeles Dodgers at 25 and 15. Arizona coming on. 22 and 16. They're With my only... guy, Adam Jones, that I was practically begging the Giants to sign. They're only uh, two games back. Our Colorado uh, Rockies? second favorite, everybody's second favorite baseball team, the San oh, Diego Padres, Padres yeah. have brought in back the Brown uh, on, a, on a regular basis. Good. Uh, they have a couple young guys. that watched the whole series against the Mets last week. Uh this kid France is good. Our boy the Gigantor. Yeah, the Gigantor. Uh, fucking bob yep. the other day. Um I still I've always liked Will Myers. Hosmer is just fucking ruining my life no matter where he goes, he will ruin my life. <laughs> uh then we got Machado, uh our boy Tatis Jr is hurt, but uh Austin Hedges uh I think the I think the Padres are going to be a problem for a while. Oh
1: no question. It's just like, can they get some pitching at the deadline?
0: Paddocks, fucking yeah. Like I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's sort of the way we talked about the Braves. Like they were ahead of schedule last year. Like, don't go crazy, Padres. Like, right. don't don't give away anything that you shouldn't give away because you're not ready but yet.
1: Trade us some of your brown people yeah. for Madison Baumgartner. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're twenty-one and seventeen, and then we go to the Colorado, Colorado Rockies, seventeen and twenty. They're they're not getting better. They're seven and ten at home. They're four and six in the last. I mean, they're better than they were at the beginning of the season. But I thought for sure they'd come on a little bit more. They're still seventeen runs in the negative, which
1: that's really weird for them. Yeah, that's really weird.
0: For you them. have to be dominating at Coors. You really do. That's I know. Well, I'm not ready to give up. I know that, that Rock- I know that uh, Rockies fans like hate the Coors talk, but like. The cores talk, it it has to be, it is a real thing, and they need to accept that. And I understand that they don't want it to like infiltrate, like, oh, it means no one in the Rocky history of the Rockies is gonna be a, a fucking Hall of Famer. It's like Nolan Arenado is great no matter where the fuck he's playing. But accept that the cores factor is a thing and win your fucking games there and score a shit ton of runs at home. Yeah.
1: And why is Ian Desmond playing center field? No one knows. That's far literally clear. no one knows. Yeah.
0: And then your San Francisco Giants at sixteen and twenty-one. Thank God for the Marlins and the and the Royals and the Orioles because
1: guys are right around the worst team in baseball. I want uh, twenty-nine runs under. One of you Photoshop like sliders to give me uh, the unwatchables with Giants faces on them? <laughs> <laughs> like the Expendables, but they're the unwatchables. Uh, the story in the West, obviously the Dodgers are
0: uh, playing great. They're 15-5 and five at home. They're 500-team on the road. I still
1: maintain they're too white, and when it gets hot, they're going to crumble. Now, Cody, Cody Bellinger is playing out of his mind. Cody
0: Bellinger is the best player in baseball currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's, you know, w- w- statistically. Right. He's the best player in baseball. He has... A 3.8 war for the season already. Wow. He's a, he's a 2.8 offensive war. He's just behind Kane uh, in Milwaukee, who's got a 1.2 defensive war. You know, he's he's right around there. Um, he's
1: also the fastest guy on the team.
0: Yeah. He's hitting 396. Jesus. He's a 478 on base percentage. He slugging is slugging
1: 1400.
0: He's slugging 784, which is behind Yelich. His OPS second. 1700? His OPS is 1262. Okay. Yelich behind him at 1258. He's the best player in the National League. He's got the most runs scored. He's got the most hits. He's got the most total bases. He's got the most runs batted in at 38. He's second in homers with 14. It's good. It's a g- <laughs> he's
1: good. He's good. He's good. He's real good. But. Talk to me in July. He's white. When it gets hot, that's what you're saying. He's white. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna crumble when it gets hot. Just like Dusty Baker said, <laughs> whites aren't good in the heat. So who pushes past them, or or do they still win the division? I think they probably still win the division. I mean, like I know we both picked the Rockies, and uh, God bless Adam Jones and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And God bless those San Diego Padres.
0: Uh, I, for me, my my advice to the San Diego Padres, enjoy being better than you thought you'd be. S- keep your head above water.
1: Right. Have a have an uh, over 500 season. Have an over 500
0: feels. season while you're wearing the Navies. Yeah. And then fucking come out with your brown dicks on the table next year. <laughs> exactly. Sign a fucking free agent pitcher. <laughs> S- uh, Dude,
1: sign Mad Bum. I wouldn't be mad at Sign either.
0: Mad Bum. Sign Bartolo Colon to be your five. Right. Go all in. And uh yeah. So that that's my advice for the Padres. We are now going to slide into the DMs, into the mentions. What's that? Oh yeah. we can do that. We can, we're gonna pause right now. That was our version of the All Star Break, the mid episode classic where Laz drinks coffee filled with coconut mm-hmm. juice and packs a dip and then has to take a fucking piss mid episode but we're back but we're back uh we're gonna slide into the mention slide into the dms the first one from matt househill at househill uh is just a compliment slides is like that hot chick that let you hit it once then went radio silent for a while maybe even frustrated you a little bit but man when she calls you better believe i'm gonna come running (laughs) (laughs) hashtag slide season two episode two already better than thrones final season (laughs) And and saying that to two Thrones fans, yeah, mean, that's a mean, tremendous means compliment. a lot. That's tremendous. Um, this one from Double A Ron at alm three two eight seven. Has this been the worst year for bullpens imploding? I am a Pirates fan and can't even count on two hands the amount of games our bullpen has lost. Nationals bullpen has been the same way, and I'm sure so many others. I think that um, I, I first of all, I know I have no idea statistically what this means for bullpens, but I I feel. That uh, the way baseball has gone recently with the pitch counts, people go to their bullpens so fucking early.
1: Everybody's bullpen horny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody goes to their bullpen. It's like, are bullpens blowing more games? Probably. But also, bullpens are pitching more innings. Yeah. Like, are bullpens blowing more games from the fifth on than starters and bullpens together blew from the fifth on? I don't know. When but the, there's
1: an over-reliance on bullpen. Bullpen's like the sexy thing. Fucking, you know, the Tampa Bay was like, yeah, we're not even going to have starters last year. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, and that's probably, you know, one of the reasons that the Pirates are minus 17 run differential. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think people are over, overly reliant on bullpens. Oh, agreed. I think that uh, pitchers, starting pitchers specifically, are getting babied. Um my problem with the babying of the starting pitcher is that show me the guy it's worked for. Show me the guy that is currently in the big leagues, currently dominating, came up when he was 21, and they did, they, they managed his innings pitched, and now he's fucking incredible, and the reason is because he didn't have arm surgery. It's not Thor. It's not Strasburg. It's not Lincecum. It's not Kershaw. It's not Kershaw. It's not like... Sale. Yeah. Where are these guys who all have had major arm injuries, all were big-time studs coming out of... It's not fucking... Are all this Chapman? Right. It's not like... Right. Where is the guy that everybody said, this is the next fucking king shit, but we have to be careful with him as a...
1: You know what that guy is? That's Steven Strasburg. And who is Steven Strasburg? The... Second best pitcher on his shitty team. But, like,
0: even Stra- <laughs> by the way, Strasburg um, is like the fastest player in history to a thousand strikeouts. Yeah. I think an in innings pitch, and he's like, might be the youngest and blah, 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 blah. He also missed much time to arm injuries. Yeah. So you played all the fucking games right and nothing happened. Uh, this from Dale Murphy. First team that stretches their young starting pitchers to 120, 130 pitch count by the time they get to the big leagues will win. Burning out mid-relievers is not working. Starting pitchers need to learn how to go through a lineup more than twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and not just give up. Like, oh, you've been through the lineup twice. They're going to figure you out. We need to bring in somebody new. I don't know. Fucking change your sequence. Right. Be able to pitch. Be able to pitch. Be able not to pitch throw. when you're not
0: throwing your best stuff. Yeah. Um, I've talked about it on the show before. Uh, Keith Hernandez talks about uh, Tom Seaver no-hitting the Mets when he was on the Reds, and it was like the day he absolutely wasn't Tom Seaver. Yeah. And he just figured it out and threw a no-hitter. Right. And, he like, that's the problem is it's th- this – this protecting of the guys isn't working and i said let your
1: it. boys be heroes exactly you know i as as fucking overrated as the bloody sock was and i kind of hated it are we going to see that kind of performance again with all these scared little ninnies no and the, and i agree and it's also
0: what simultaneously happens and this is what i think is the most like sort of cowardly thing is that these teams decide which guys have value that's worth protecting and then fucking don't give a shit about their middle relief guy. They're like, hey, well, you know, Thor is Thor and you're fucking Rob Gisselman. You're Jerry Levin. So you fucking pitch every day (laughs) on no rest and you got to throw three innings. He's like, I pitched like 12 innings this week. And they're like, yeah, bro. And you're going to pitch 12 innings next week. It's like, Stop hiding behind, like, caring about yeah. young arms. Right. Because you're not. Yeah. And it's bullshit. And Nolan Ryan has all the records and threw 235 pitches in a fucking game and pitched for 20 more years after that. Right. Because he was a horse. Be a horse. Yeah. It's- you're a dragon. Yeah. Be a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. It, like... C- Make baseball not millennials again. Like, yeah, yeah. Less avocado toast, more dipping your arm into oats. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. fucking Roger Clemens was More like. long
1: toss, bro. Yeah.
0: More long toss, more throwing footballs yeah. on your day off. Right. Oh, uh, don't throw footballs. That's terrible for you. Like, pfft. Nolan Ryan was doing it. Yep. Oh, by the way, Nolan Ryan pitched till he was a fucking 55. I bet you Nolan Ryan's got 100 pitches in him right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know
0: why? Cuz he's like, I prepared for this my whole life. Yeah. I I spent my life saying I will throw 100 pitches any moment I'm asked to. <laughs> That's what I'm ready for. Till the day I die. Yeah. Yeah. Now fucking Jacob deGrom's coming off a of Cy Young and he can't go past 85 pitches. What are you saving him for? Right. Yeah. No. O- offensive. Uh, this one from Rebby Grill at Rebby Grill. Uh, who do you think from the segregated era of baseball would fit best into modern day baseball? Now, I didn't get to watch a lot of live uh, Negro League play. Are we talking
1: <laughs> like which white guys would be good and which black guys would be good? Oh,
0: well, here is what I am gonna go. Here is what I am going with, just to because I don't I don't fully understand the question. Yeah. I appreciate this the attempt, sure. but I am assuming the Black players, right? Because I right. guess we had, uh, um, but how about this? Because it goes right back to our last conversation. Give me Satchel Page throwing 140 pitches every fifth day. Yeah. Hi, I'm here to pitch the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Bullpen, have yeah. a rest.
1: Yeah. Have, a, me have a motherfucking iced tea. Yeah. G- give me Satchel Page taking his whole team off the field. Yeah. And being like, come and get me. Come and get me for the first out of the game. This Amazing. from
0: Stephen Hopson at Stephen underscore Hobson. With the Yankees Mariners game re-sparking the debate of pitchers using banned substances, what's your take on it? Is it time Major League Baseball relook at the list of banned substances, or just stop caring altogether?
1: Oh, uh, I'd love for them just to stop caring altogether. <laughs> just like put whatever you want on it. Uh, okay, so what's um the banned substance? Vagisil, barberall? Yeah. Vaseline? Uh jalapeno up your nose? Right. <laughs> so a saw. Here's what I think. A <laughs> saw,
0: a file. Here's what I think. I think you know, so the the big argument is that when it's cold, these guys put something on because and then the argument's always horror. the argument's always like, it's probably better. Like we don't need Thor throwing hundred and two and the ball and slipping and head. killing yeah. some guy and whatever. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I I would be fine with saying, like, this substance is banned, but also you can have a small amount on whatever if the temperature is under Below this. Zabody. Yeah.
1: Right. Right.
0: Otherwise, like, where, you know, the, the thing is, you have to be able to bring the banned substance out there. Like, you can't have a can of something, right? Right. We can't, we can't just say everything's legal. This guy puts down, like, a jar of something next to the mound. <laughs> Right, but like
1: right. if you can have it on your body, like I think it's cool when you have a little pine tar on your neck and go, Kenny Rogers. Yeah, I'm like I mean, that's that's uh, dope.
0: Yeah, under your hat. Yeah. Like
1: I kind of like it the
0: way it is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I like it gamesmanship, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: you know, smoke yeah. them if you got them. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And you, you oh, be, you spotted it. Whoops! And you should be able to pine your tar your bat as much as you want. Yeah, you know.
0: Although that that. Ruins our uh the George Brett moment, which is perhaps the greatest moment in the history of
1: yes organized no, baseball. I, I do agree I do agree um so yeah maybe not, so you can have more George Brett moments, yeah yeah exactly. yeah
0: exactly <laughs> exactly uh this one um from our boy Luke Stoles at hum now ones uh Derek Dietrich, dude or not a dude
1: um i I am undecided, I did like the beekeeping bit. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh of Brian Wilson, just like a a hack joke artist, yeah, <laughs> but I mean his bombs his his uh watching his bombs is pretty cool, but he's playing in Cincinnati and it seems a little easy um he's definitely not a virgin, right, so uh listen i I wish he was playing on the Giants so. Until proven otherwise, I I think he's kind of a dude.
0: I think he's kind of a dude too. He's swaggy. Mm-hmm. Um, he
1: a swaggy it, German too. Yeah, he wears a cool. lot of
0: fucking chains. I like it. Um, I don't know why they don't play him more. I think he's a dipshit, but I think he might be a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also, by the way, if you look at like if you look at photos of Derek Dietrich, if you look if you look at his like his headshot, his like profile photo, yeah. he looks like he's a hundred. Oh really? Yeah, he's got like old man face. Yeah, uh, I think I saw. I think he might be from like fucking Florida or something like that. Wow. Like, he's where the fuck was he from? I like looked he's it. He's got up.
1: Greg Oden face.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got Greg Oden face. He's he's he goes with the hair slick still. He goes like Chase Utley old school hair slick.
1: Is I think, he like the new Darren
0: Dalton? Yeah, <laughs> he's got a little Dalton. He's not yeah. as like wet yeah. as Dalton, you know. <laughs> I'm going dude and I don't like the guy uh but I'm going dude.
1: Yeah, I I say dude. My gut says dude, so I'm going to go with it.
0: Um This one is from and this is our final one from Alex Walters at Young Walt. Question for the pod. Do you know who Kent Murphy is and if so, what is your take on him and what he does for baseball culture? Also, fuck Derek Holland. Do you know Kent Murphy? No. So Kent Murphy is like a uh, like a YouTube, you've seen it. It's like a okay. guy who, like, I just hit dingers. Oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and now he's got a pretty funny Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, so uh, to answer, I first of all, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think it's fun for baseball culture, and that I think, I think what baseball needs is to be somewhere in between what it's become and like Kent Murphy's. <laughs>
1: fucking version of it yeah like in domingo ayala or yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah i i agree like make baseball fun again obviously ban the shift um whenever ron uh rob Manfred has an idea tell him it's terrible <laughs> and uh yeah let your let your kids be heroes
0: love it um okay so uh, that is our slide in the DMs. You guys can slide in our DMs at Dirty Slides, slide into the mansion, slide into the DMs. Uh, you can hit up me and Laz on Instagram, at Joe Prano and at Andy Laz and at Venice Gaze. If, you know, there's a lot of people who like to slide on the gram rather than slide into in the tweets. Into the tweets. Um, so do that, and we'll get your questions next show. Before we wrap it up, we've got to give you an opportunity to talk some Warriors basketball. Okay, What is your just state of mind right now with Kevin Durant not uh tearing his achilles so that's a plus that's a plus that's uh huge. it could not only for us but for the league in general yeah and for uh, certainly for us Knicks fans <laughs> um i believe and correct me if i'm wrong uh not likely to play 6 and then ne- and a 7 out for 6 and and a 7 if necessary likely out likely out um but uh they will re we will see. look at his shit they, next they week they said that he are gonna reevaluate re-
1: next, re- next week and so game seven Sunday
0: so what is your state of mind going into tonight's well, game six in Houston without KD and let me say this by the way I know you're a Steph guy you're a Warriors guy you're all on Steph I'm I love Steph I, I love Steph's game I do think Steph's Turned into a bit of a whiner lately, but I think. But I also think that this series is the whiniest series in the history of I basketball. Mean, uh,
1: the Rockets are the whiniest team in the history of but, any any. But team like, that, Chris Paul plays. But on. like
0: the Warriors and Rockets are playing up to each playing up to or down to each other's level. It's like n- no one's ever committed a foul in this series. Meanwhile, they're all playing dirty, I, I actually, like kicking and stabbing each other and fucking trying
1: to take out each other's knees. Now, I am a Warriors fan. Yeah, I have noticed a a significant dip down in their complaining. Especially by Draymond, um, he. But Draymond's still kicking dudes and elbowing
0: dudes, and yeah, Chris well, Paul's doing Chris- it, and Chris Paul's trying to take out Igadala's yeah, legs, yeah. and like, and Clay, Mister Fucking Nice Guy, Clay's hip checking every fucking buddy's legs on every three, and Kevin well, Durant's throwing a lot of like fucking like knife like seven foot elbows at people's like throats and things hey, like that.
1: Hey, the Warriors have to fight them. Yeah, I think that's really, you know, what's going on. Like the Warriors are more talented than the Rockets, but right now they're not as deep as the Rockets. Certainly and, without KD. Certainly without KD, but also they have without a decided coaching cousins. disadvantage. Um, yeah, possibly, <laughs> possibly. I'm not sure about that, but whatever. Um, yeah, because I, I do agree with you. It's still up in the air how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. Yeah. I'm not. Certain. I think. He, I think, uh, and I said this on Dirty Sports
0: yesterday with Tug Coker. Tug was mentioned on yeah. Dirty Slides. Uh, Steve Kerr is fantastic for the Warriors, and I was on the Warriors bandwagon early. so early because yeah. I said this Warriors team is a championship team if anybody but Mark Jackson coaches it. Yeah. And I think that Steve Kerr brings a Phil Jackson like approach from his Bulls days to this Warriors team. Is like we have the talent got a lot of weird personalities. You know, Steph's wife's trying to get fucked right yeah. now by, like, randos. And, and and Clay's trying to 360 dunk in China. <laughs> and, and Draymond's mom is losing her goddamn All mind on Twitter. And on KD's team. running 15 burner accounts yeah. to defend his legacy. I'm here to be an <laughs> ego manager. Yes, 100%. And, and he's been open about being, like, sort of an X's and O's thief that yeah. he's, like, you know, he takes from others and he sort of makes it his own, right. which a lot of great artists do. Yeah. Um, but they're like you said, they're far more talented and the stat that, and, and I know people, I don't know what it is about Mike D'Antoni. Maybe it's just my Mike D'Antoni slurping that makes people want to argue with me because mm-hmm. people love arguing with me for some reason. It's but um, the, the Rockets have won 10 games against the Warriors over the last two years. The next most in the league is four. Yeah they have a decided talent lack of talent compared to the warriors and to me the difference is mike d'antoni creates a style of play around his personnel and he finds a way to make it work you know that's what i said about like i can't believe the sixers didn't let him coach to- like he would ben simmons would be Dominating a playoff series right now, if Mike D'Antoni's good. Because
1: Mike D'Antoni would have made him shoot 5,000 jump shots a day. Yeah, and would have yeah.
0: just been like, or don't, and this is how we're going to use you otherwise. Yeah. He takes what he has. Like, Mike is the guy, Mike D'Antoni's master chef. You know, they're like, you get some bok choy and some barbecue chicken and a fucking ice cream sandwiches. He's like, oh, I know what I'm making already. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but game six in Houston tonight. I'm not worried about Mike D'Antoni. I'm not worried about the Rockets. But I am worried, and this is what everybody's made the James Harden as a playoff joker claim. Mm -hmm. This is his game. If he does not win, game seven is game seven. It's in Oracle. It's whatever. But you cannot lose at home in game six without Kevin Durant and not be playoff joker James Harden. Harden. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I've defended James Harden as a choker. It's like people want to, people always want to put it on the best player. Everybody's saying he disappeared at the end of last game. And it's like, or maybe just fucking passed like you're supposed to. He's sort of their point guard. I didn't
1: think he played bad at all last game. I thought he played really well. And I think, yeah, he's played very well this whole series. I don't think he's been a choker. Um, I think these last two games do come down to who's the best player on the floor? Is it going to be Steph? Or is it gonna be James Harden? And that's it. And if the Warriors fight them, they have a chance. If the Warriors box them or spar them, I think they're gonna lose. Because right now. How confident I, are you, Justin, tonight? I'm confident in this team that they will fight them tonight. You know? I, I'm also pretty certain that if things get off to a bad start, they could just say, hey, fuck it. You know, let's not get anybody hurt. Let's yeah. go back to game seven and and da-da-da. But this team is excited to play Houston in the 2015 way. Right. You know? um, I, I You know, I can't wait to see a lot of uh, Draymond staff picking rolls, four-on-threes. You know, it's going to pl- be played at a higher pace. The problem is, who <laughs> who can play? Now... I think there's eight guys who can play in this series right now for the Warriors that are healthy. And I'm including Bogut in that um because he's basically just hasn't played in this series um because it's it, it it's moving too fast, you know. I'm uh I'm
0: of the belief that um you you don't like I'm of the opinion and this is not the opinion of a lot of people in sports hot take culture, but I don't think that you um can never hurt your legacy essentially. Like I think your legacy only moves up. Like you yeah. only can, you only continue to accomplish things and not accomplishing things after you've accomplished them. Doesn't take away from that. In my opinion, exactly. Uh, I have been on the record, you know, people like I've been on the record of saying, I don't think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I don't think him, like, it's not because then he lost to the Eagles. Right. It's like, I already didn't think so. And now I'm losing to the Eagles. is kind of like, I'm kind of like, well, I think I'm right. And, and you know, I don't necessarily think him beating the Rams. Like, like, my opinion isn't based on him winning or losing these Super Bowls. It's based on, like, who else would be able to do this if he was there? But my question for you is, um, I think... Maybe Steph Curry's legacy, in as the world looks at it, is a bit, maybe a bit overblown. I think Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of basketball and definitely a guy who can be the best player on a championship team. And he's, I'm not, I'll put it this way I'm not even sure Steph Curry's not my starting shooting guard shooting all, guard all
1: time. Are you putting magic in uh, as the point guard?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or LeBron is the point guard? Sure. Sure. Um and you know, that's just me building a team and everybody's going somebody out there is screaming about Michael Jordan which like I'm talking about like building an actual lineup to like win as yeah. many games as possible. Like LeBron might be my point guard and Steph is running off of picks and ca- catching and shooting. It's like Right. I, for forever I said, "Hey man, give me Ray Allen. Like give me if I'm creating a fantasy starting lineup, like give me Ray Allen over Michael Jordan, because I don't want to, ba- I don't want a ball dominant. Like everybody has woken up to it. I don't want a ball dominant two shooting. Like
1: you don't want a six, six post player. No, yeah, exactly. I don't. <laughs> I don't.
0: Um, But uh, if, if we look at this from sort of a, the layman's approach of legacy, this series does have a lot of like Steph Curry legacy factors here. Like, he now gets six ends. So you and think
1: both of these guys' legacy is on the line in these next two games? A little bit. And and again, I don't but think— Steph. Steph has already accomplished way more than James Harden.
0: Right. And that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think, think that, it's going to hurt Steph as much. I don't as think hurt. it's hurting—I don't believe in hurting your legacy. Yeah. But to me, I, I guess this is the way I'm looking at it. If Steph goes—if Steph balls out and they win tonight, or Steph has a crazy game seven and they win in Oracle— Yeah. I think he reaches a legacy, in my personal opinion, that a lot of people have already sort of given him. And I appreciate that he was a two-time MVP. Um, Do I think he deserved both of? I don't know. But, like, he was an MVP caliber player. He was the best player on a championship team. He's the best player on a team that won 73 games. He's the best shooter of all time. Right. I, I feel like I hold Steph in high regard. I think a lot of people hold him in higher regard and I think this is his. To me, this he he's going to prove whether or not those people are right to me in this in the rest of this series without Kevin Durant, because this is no the, Finals MVPs. The best player on one championship team. He's been the best player on one championship team, and yeah. that's why you know if you're a Kobe Bryant stand out there and you're arguing with me about Michael Jordan or you know about, or about LeBron James, I always go, LeBron James is the best player on three championship teams. Kobe Bryant's the best player. Arguably on two, and if you really go deep, if you want to go deep into fucking efficiency, uh, offensive, piece offensive, offensive, and def- <laughs> offensive and def- defensive, uh efficiency, Paul Gasol is the best player on both of those championship right. teams. Right. But whatever, I'll give you it. Still, it's LeBron over Kobe, e- even just championships wise. Right. So to me, this is what Steph, and and God forbid KD's out even longer, and he has to play in a. Western Conference Finals or a Finals without him. This is going to be the true Steph. This is going to be year.
1: really really interesting these next two games. Um because like I said, like the Warriors are going to go back to 2015 style. And um how are the Rockets going to combat that? Yeah. You know. Like they're going to have to run these guys up and down the floor. The pace has got to be much quicker. But they have you know, they're going to be playing, uh, you know, 48 minutes. Yep. You know, and they're going to be shorthanded. And uh, they got to punch the Rockets right in the mouth. You know, and Chris Paul is going to be out there trying to hurt everybody.
0: Yeah. Him and Draymond are going to be out there going like, let's play power play. Let's yeah. play hockey. Yeah, let's go. Yeah.
1: Let's go. So, um, very excited. I have confidence in the Warriors that they can get uh, one of these two games. If not tonight, I would love. For them to fucking get it tonight. Just not not to fuck with James Harden, but really Chris Paul. I'm tired of his shit. Yeah. Honestly. I think
0: I think James Harden, uh, this has gotta be this has gotta be James Harden. Like, fuck you. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Right. Uh look, I think D'Antoni same thing. Like, I don't think you're I think da- Mike D'Antoni's legacy. I think people underrate Mike D'Antoni, but this series certainly has you know, if they get through this series, then you have to go to the finals. I'm not saying the Rockets have to win the finals, but you have to go to the finals. But this the rest of this series, Mike D'Antoni's legacy has an opportunity to take a, a leap here too. Yeah. Somebody, if somebody's gonna beat the Warriors, you're the guy, and the time is now, and you gotta fucking do it. Now I know Mike D'Antoni is sort of like, oh, I'm already all in. My I've already made I've already placed my bet. I've already shoved all my chips to the table. I don't know what else you want me to do. Yeah. But he has to he has to make at least some sort of approach of attacking them defensively without Kevin Durant. I think offensively, nothing changes for the Rockets. No. Nothing. But does. defensively, right. you have to have and and maybe the defensive approach is something you do on the offensive end which is like we have to go at Steph even more in the pick and roll. We need him in foul trouble. We need him out of the game. We need to run him fucking ragged. Um cuz they love doing that and I love that that's T'Antoni's fucking strategy as well.
1: Now what if what if it's Clay? What if Clay goes nuclear tonight? I'm a, I'm the world's biggest Clay fan. I he's he's he's, you know?
0: he's sort of betrayed me a little bit with the I, I like I don't like that he's fallen into the dirtiness of this series. And he, actually, I think he was sort of the guy who came out of the gate hot in game one with like this spinning hip. Like he's doing it in such a subtle way, landing under people, hip checking people.
1: James Harden's forearm is subtle. Right. And Chris Paul's headbutts and kicks are subtle.
0: But what I've always liked about Clay is he's sort of his own dude. Yeah. And he's like, hey, call me if you need 30 in the third. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be over here playing great defense. Like I didn't love that like the innocence of Clay has been sort of I I've questioned it a little in this series. But maybe
1: I, Clay's not innocent.
0: Right. That's what maybe I'm saying. Maybe
1: Clay's just a fucking
0: dude. Right. And I've always been I've always been of the opinion that, like, you know, people are all talking about, oh, Kyrie and KD to the Knicks next year and, like, all I think all that's that.
1: going to be gross, dude.
0: Well, f- I hate Kyrie, and I'm on the record of saying I hate Kyrie, right, and I, I've been proven right yeah. uh, a million times I, over I, at this you point. You
1: can't have two moody dudes ball, hopping. And, and who also, want, I ball. think,
0: look, if KD wants to go to the Knicks and, like, this is the thing, then fine. And then I think the second guy that they get, it depends on who your draft pick is. If we end up with KD and Ja... I think that the Knicks should file a preemptive restraining order against Kyrie Irving that he is not allowed within two hundred yards of, of Madison Square. Garden. Uh, of Madison Square Garden or of of uh, John Morant. Like yeah. he, don't even look at him. <laughs> Don't Terry Rozier him. And then, like, give me... I know, like, you're like, oh, well, fucking, you just want our whole lineup. But, like, then give me Ja and Clay and KD. Of course you do. You know what I mean? Like, of you want Like, get Kyrie the fuck out of here. Or give me, you know, Kemba. Or give me fucking Chris Middleton, who's, you know, a, a free agent. Probably not leaving the Bucks, But, yeah. like, give me a shooter. Yeah. Don't give me fucking Kyrie. A dribbler.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um... I'm excited. I'm excited for a potential Game Seven of Thrones on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Three Game Sevens and the Thrones. What? What a fantastic I know. fucking it's, day!
1: It's gonna be. It's gonna be Bison Burger Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, there's only two. <laughs> and worries handle business tonight and get out of there because uh, this is this series has been a drag out fight. Yeah. And if you're, I mean. If anybody's complaining that, like, there is no drama in the NBA because the Warriors are too good, what do you have to say now? This is the most dramatic series in the, in the whole playoffs and might be the whole most dramatic series in, in the whole run, you know, depending on what happens. Yeah. This is as good as it gets. So I, I think if the Warriors can get out of this, it would be pretty incredible. Pretty it would be a great win for them.
0: it well, a great win
1: for the Rockets. Good well. luck to
0: you. I'm rooting for a good series. I'm rooting for a game seven. I'm obviously rooting for the Rockets, but I'm yeah, but I'm first things first, I'm rooting for a game seven. I I just wanna watch that game seven. Um yeah, I've got money invested. Yeah, I've got Mike D'Antoni's legacy on the line. I don't love this Rockets team either. I, I hate the, the way this. I, I, I hate, I hate the, the way they play. I hate the dirtiness of this whole series. Yeah. I hate the whining in this whole series. Yeah. Uh, they've toned it down, but it's still too much. I for would me. much
1: rather watch Steve Nash with this team than Chris Paul with this team.
0: Sure, Chris Paul's a little bitch. Yeah, but um, but Rondo but, was right. Yeah, He's a faker. But uh, good, good luck. I, I look forward to possibly being over here yes. on Sunday. Well either and, way, you come over. And and follow us on everything. Please yep. uh, review uh, this podcast. Yeah, I know it's review. been a it's been a couple weeks. Do this. You want an episode next week? Review uh, it. Give us a bunch of fucking reviews and put that in there. And uh, follow us uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Dirty Slides, at Andy Lazarus on Twitter and so. Instagram, at Venice Gaze. And uh, who who did you want to fuck in this one? Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and fuck Jon Snow. Fuck him.